sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, and you might, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sf, as in Sioux Falls, sfcatholic.org. I am joined on the phone today by Cameo Anders. Hi, Cameo. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me again. It's great to have you on. Um, Cameo was with us last week, and she had a surprise topic, uh, which I didn't know it was going to be until she started talking about. Well, I knew we were talking about a Catholic that you should know. Uh, if, and if you want to know who that Catholic is, you're going to have to go back and listen to episode 423 in the online archives. Um, but today we're going to be talking about a book that you should know, and the book is by Pope St. John Paul II, um, The Theology of the Body, Male and Female, He Created Them. So it's a big book. We're going to talk about it, but the reason particularly I think what we might focus on is what it says to us about what it means to be human and specifically about the reality of 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 what it means to be free, truly free, uh, an interior freedom where, where you experience freedom, um, even, even, and we're not going to go into this particular angle, but the, the sort of freedom that you live, even when you're in bondage or in chains, there's still an, an interior freedom that can be experienced. That's what we're going to be talking about in light of the theology of the body today on Ignition. If you've never listened to the show before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I am the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, which is basically the eastern half of the state of South Dakota. If you're listening outside of um, Sioux, uh, South Dakota or, or uh, outside of the region, you're wondering what's the Diocese of Sioux Falls. It's basically eastern South Dakota. I've been in that role, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese since 2002, but in the role of husband to Jermaine since 1999. She's from Ohio. I'm from central Minnesota, but all five of our children are born and raised in eastern sunny Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How's that for alliteration? Cameo, who are you? Um. Well, let's see. I, I'm also here in Sioux Falls. Um, and I am a mom of four kids. I'm an attorney. I am. I have a master's in theology, so I think that's where this this love of the theology of the body comes from. Hopefully, we'll do it justice. Um, but I, what else do you want to know? Well, this is your opportunity to talk yourself up. I don't. I don't know why you're asking me to. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll end there. Okay, you're you're originally from western. You are from west of the Missouri River. You grew up in what what uh, South Dakotans would say is West River, west of the Missouri River, South Dakota, right? I did. Yes, I had tried to leave that out of these last few podcasts. I, you know, you caught that, but because um, you always make fun of me for that. I no no. You, uh, all right, I'm going to leave that alone. I don't make fun of, of you for that, but I'm not going to go any further because then you're going to want to review this episode later for editing and it just goes downhill from there. So um, you moved east. Uh, we're going to go way further east to Poland. Um, well, yeah, yeah, Poland, uh, which is where St. John Paul II grew up. Um, and it's actually it was in Poland, in Krakow, that he penned, uh, at least started the initial draft of 
um, what is now this book, Theology of the Body, but it's interesting how this book came to be a book. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, Camille. What is this book, The Theology of the Body? What does it matter to us? I, I think you want to get to freedom at some point, but maybe we just start with the basics of what is this book about? What is this book? Tell us about it. Sure. You know, so this book is a mouthful and I, or, a, you know, a, a earful or however you're digesting it. Um, it's pretty meaty. So there's all sorts of, of um, books that take the theology of the body and try to digest them and apply them to your life in different ways. And so there's so many great books out there that yeah. have taken the theology of the body and, and broken it down. But just speaking of, like you said, the granddaddy of them all, um, speaking of the theology of the body, you know, John Paul II really gave us exactly what we need for the struggles that we are encountering today. And and he takes church teaching that's been around forever, but he really puts it in a, a clear light of this, the beauty of the body and how the body itself is, it worships God. Just, you know, intrinsic to our physical being is is a um, compulsion to worship God, mm. you know, and it's just a, uh, it, it's really quite beautiful. And, and there's been since the beginning of, you know, who knows when a struggle of, well, what's the soul and what's physical matter? And so soul and body, are they separate? Is there one soul? Are they together? And, you know, church teaching is, is that there's a body soul unity, but then our, you know, we die, our soul goes to heaven, and soon our body will rejoin that. And and so there's a lot of focus on the soul, but John Paul II gives us a focus on the body and how that is this key element to perfect worship mm. and the key element to our end, our, our final end in heaven. Um, so that's what I love about the book, and there's so many different parts to it that we could start with. Um, but he really gives us answers. I'm going to say he gives us answers to every question that we encounter today regarding our human um, person. Yeah, this this topic really, and to be honest, Camille, for me, when I first came across um, the theology of the body, became aware of it, for me, it was when I was studying theology as an undergrad at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Um it didn't interest me that much. John Paul II interested me. I was fascinated by him. Um, but theology of the body seemed to me more of like moral theology, like what we should do and, and about sexual morality and sexual ethics. Uh, and, and I was more interested in in what falls under the area of, of dogmatic theology. What do we believe about God and, and about Jesus and the church and the sacraments and liturgy and, and all that stuff? And, and that was really what fascinated me. And I sort of like, um, I just was not attracted to drawn to study the theology of the body at that time. It was only much later that I realized that while theology of the body certainly does address questions of morality and ethics, including sexuality, it goes much deeper than that. And it really is more of what falls under dogmatic theology because it answers the question, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a man, a woman? Um, and those are questions of, of, of what, we call technically theological anthropology, anthropology in the light of what God has revealed to us. Um, I'm reminded of 
Gaudium et Spes, which is a document of Vatican II. Gaudium et Spes, paragraph 22, said that it is in the mystery of Jesus Christ that God reveals man fully, God reveals to man who he is fully himself, something like that. It's a, um, I'm not getting it exactly right, but it is in Jesus Christ that we discover who we are meant to be. So what is man is really what theology of the body is all about, right? Right. Yeah. And, and when we ask ourselves, you know, what, what am I, who am I, you know, <clears throat> struggle, I'll say we, I assume this is a, a metaphysical struggle you know, to sort of identify ourselves. And there's so many different paths that we can take, just, you know, looking around us, oh, identify myself this way, I self-identify this way, I self-identify this way. Um, But he really gives us something even more essential than all these different ways that are now, we now see as, you know, a part of our self-identity. Something even more foundational, deeper than that, is this identity as the human person. Um, so regardless of all of these different ways that we self-identify, there's a common identity to the human person um, that has existed from the beginning of time. And and theology of the body goes from, you know, it, it starts off with these terms like original solitude and original innocence and, you know, trying to make sense of those. But it, it really starts from the original essence of the human person and how that was uh, fully revealed in Christ. Um, you know, we think of God, and God is fully spirit. He's He's perfect spirit. But then Christ became incarnate, and so now God is perfect spirit, perfect physical person. Um, and that's what we're striving for. We're striving for that, you know, perfection of our soul and that perfection of our, our physical person as well. Um, yeah. Tr- trying to, to become everything that God desires us to be, to be, to be perfect, just as our heavenly father is perfect, both in our souls and in, in our bodies. If you're just tuning in and you're listening to ignition, I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald talking today with cameo Anders about St. John Paul II's book, the theology of the body. Um, so we should just talk a little bit about the, the book cameo and it, cause it's, it's, it's a unique book um, in that, so John Paul II actually drafted, wrote this initial draft, or at least the start of the of, of the book, before he was elected pope. Um, he was working on it uh, when he was when he went to Rome as a cardinal, the the cardinal archbishop of Krakow in Poland, um, and was ele- as elect was elected as pope. So he was already working on this book because he recognized going back to when he as a young priest. Uh, a college chaplain worked with young couples and young families. He saw that 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 this question of what it means to be human, what it means to be man, what it means to be woman, um, is sort of like the crux issue of of so much, not just in matters of faith, but of culture, of life today um, in the early. 20th century, right up to our time in the early 21st century, and it will continue to be sort of, I think, the issue that's at the heart of so many things that we're wrestling with as individuals and as a society today. So he drafted it, um, and, and then he wanted to release it actually as a book. I mean, have you have you read this this aspect of the history of of theology of the body? Out of curiosity, am I? Do you already know what I'm talking about, or is this new to you as well? Yeah, no pieces of it. Um, yeah, so I 
yeah, so what you're saying is is sounds correct to me. Um and just this idea that it it wasn't some you know, he ended up um sort of divulging it to the world through these Wednesday audiences, yeah. you know, as once he was Pope. But to think that this was a a process, a development of this philosophy as he was, you know, teaching as a, a you know professor and then as he was you know he was a priest and then he became bishop and archbishop and and moving up the ranks but this was something that was sort of bubbling inside of him um even before he gave them as wednesday audiences right this yeah i I, it's a profound philosophy it is it is we think of philosophers and throughout the past history and you know certain names come to mind and you know descartes or um Hume, or, you know, they each have sort of their place in like, oh, that's the philosophy of, I don't know, utilitarianism or whatever it is. But John Paul II really has this philosophy of, I'll call it personalism, or I, I don't know what the, you know, if, if we tried to water it down into a philosophy, but it's it's a theology of the person. Yep. and It's historic. Yep. It is, absolutely. The irony was, so it started as a, a, a book. Well, no, popes don't publish books. Well, he would later. but So he gave it as way into the audiences, and then it was collected back into a book, and now it's bought and sold as a book. So a little bit of ironic of how that manuscript, if you will, developed. Uh, so it's a big book. It's a daunting book, Cameo. And you already talked about this a little bit at the beginning, original solitude, original innocence, and so on. Um just when when people are, what do you what would you recommend? Because you also mentioned how there are books that are sort of meant. Uh, you didn't use this term, but I think of as appetizers or introductions to the theology of the body by various folks. Um, I would I think all of them would say eventually we we'd love you. I would love you to read JP 2s granddaddy theology of the body itself but maybe their book is is an easy way an appetizer to get into it to work up to it um why is it so difficult to read theology of the body aside from it it, again it being a several hundred page book what why is it why else is it a daunting task um for me i think it speaks a different language than most people are used to speaking so i love studying languages. Um, I love, you know, looking up vocab words that you come across and you're like, I have no idea what that means and nobody ever uses it, but let's look it up and, you know, see what it, what it's trying to um, signify here. And so I think that's the first thing is if you're going to read it, just know that you're going to have to look up every other word. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Every, um, and then also it's philosophy. So some people aren't, um, philosophers, you know, if, if I, I enjoy, um, sort of the sort of lofty grayness of philosophy. So trying to grasp that is tough in itself. At the same time, I don't enjoy, you know, the concreteness of, um, calculus, you know, so maybe it's a different style of thinking and, um, that theology of the body presents out there. Um, it's also, it's theology. So it's, if, if you don't speak that language, um, you know, if you haven't read church teachings or encyclicals or, um, you know, if you're not used to the language of John Paul II, then that can be daunting. Um, so for me, I think it's, it's language. If you, if you love to try to hash through a new language, then this is exciting. But 
if you're, you know, love calculus, then there's a different book out there that sort of <laughs> digest theology of the body into some concrete issues. And maybe that's your forte. So in light of that, then, so we're trying to, this is a really hard book to read. And somebody's probably listening like, Okay, so why should I read? If this is this is a Catholic book, you should know. Uh, but you just got done telling me how hard it is to read. Then why should I know it? Why should I read it? We've talked about what the topic is, a little bit about its history, and then about how hard it is to read. But we've got about ten minutes left, Cami. Let's talk about what this book more is about, and 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 why it's so worth the effort and the struggle to read. Okay. So for me, this book is, well, the beginning of this book starts off where, you know, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, well, can you get a divorce? Or, um, and it starts off with the topic of marriage, like you, like you had mentioned. And then um, John Paul II goes back to the beginning where Christ said, well, let's go back to the beginning and, you know, well, no, we want to talk about divorce. What does divorce have to do with the beginning? And so then we go into this, we delve into Genesis, and we really delve into relationship between, you know, man and woman, and and the um, what it means to be man and woman. And so that right there, I mean, we could talk for years on the difficulty it is to understand relationships, the difficulty it is to understand who we are as male and female, the difficulty it is to understand what we're called to be in each of those roles and what we're called to be in relationship. And so why should we read this book? Well, it it takes that really difficult area and it gives us clear guidance. Um you know, and, and having said that, why should we read this book? I, I would say, you know, Christopher West has some great um, sort of digestible material. Um, there's one that I just read, These Beautiful Bones, I think. Yeah, um, Emily Stimson. Awesome. Emily Stimson. Yeah. And, and she does a great um, sort of day-to-day life application of theology of the body. Um, you know, we teach the eighth graders, the Jason Everett. Um, and some other people's version of theology of the body for eighth grade. So there's this huge spectrum of theology of the body um, for whatever learning type you are, or for you know whether you like calculus or philosophy. Um, but the thing, the reason I think why we want to read this is because regardless of the spectrum, where on the spectrum you're applying it, it answers, it, it gives us um, a structure for who we are as the human person, who we are as male and female created in God's image, who we are when we enter into relationship with others, and how those relationships really image God. Um, And if somewhere in the catechism, maybe you can quote exactly, it says, you know, the Trinity is sort of the pinnacle... uh, of our faith, and it's right. the, it answers the mystery of all mysteries. Yep. So, the theolo- if we think of the Trinity as three persons in relationship, you know, self-giving love, the Father fully gives himself to the Son, the Son fully gives himself to the Father, such that there's this spiration of love that's this, this entity of the, you know, a person in the Holy Spirit. Um, 
that's that's relational and so when we when we look at who we are as a person and the mystery of who we are well it's got to have something to do with the trinity so it's going to be relational it's going to be a self-giving but our self-giving is going to include soul and body yeah and if we look at all of the a lot of the confusion and issues in the world today a lot of them stem down to the self-giving of soul and body. Yep. So, so let's, okay, well, okay, short break here. If you're just tuning in, you listen to Ignition. I'm Chris Bergwald, your host, talking today with Cameo Anders about St. John Paul II's great work, daunting work, but worth it, theology of the body. So you, you were just saying there, Cameo, that many of our problems today come down to a misunderstanding of what it means to be human, specifically around this idea that we are body and soul self-giving creatures are meant to be that. Let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. So, um, give me some direction. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean when you say, (laughs) okay, well, you're the one who said that many of our problems go down to misunderstanding this. So what do you mean by that? Okay. So, um, that was fair, by the way. I, 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 that was a fair question, by the way. Fair question for <laughs> clarification. Sorry, sorry, counselor. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so um, so quickly, uh, we had this conversation off air, but you know, you always throw at me these these yep. questions that I don't quite know yep. what's out there. So I'm just yep. trying to throw it back at you. That's fair. Um, no, I think if we try to unpack that, what does it mean? This, if we are called to be in that relational self-gift, and that should include our soul and it should include our body, you know, what does that look like? So I'm going to use the parable of the Good Samaritan, Um, you know, the idea that that this person was suffering on the side of the road after having been, you know, beaten, and, um, and this Good Samaritan came and comforted, and, but also, you know, healed and paid for the ho- you know the hotel that the person the um beat up person stayed in and you know so there was a there was a giving the good samaritan had a giving not just a physical giving of like here's some money and here's a bandage and some neosporin um you know but a a spiritual giving of compassion and a sharing of of their full self a sharing of um the fullness of who they are as a person with the beaten up person on the side of the road, right? Yep. Um, and so when we look at what are we called to do as a human person, we're, we're called to give of our full self. But, you know, we start with marriage. Um, so that seems weird. What about all those people who aren't married? Or what about, you know, the single person? Um, but the giving of the full self has to do with, like, our our humanness, but our male femaleness as well. Mm. And the idea that in male female together, there in the marriage of the male female, there is a image of God there. Right. Um, you know, so I, d- I don't want to go into the specifics of the troubles that we encounter today, but I think a lot of confusion comes with trying to understand the the male femaleness as we are created 
and and how do we um, give of our full selves, and who do we look like as our full selves? Right. So so um, in order to to yeah come to understand who am I, and this goes back to again the question: Who am I? Where am I from? Where am I going? But who am I? I am. Um, I'm a, I'm an embodied spirit, or I'm an uh, ensouled body. So I'm the union of this body and this soul. So so my my sexuality goes to the heart of my identity. Um, so my case is a man. Your case is a woman. Um, it, it's it's not just I don't just wear this body, and therefore my my sexuality is incidental to my being and my identity. But no, because because my body is not just um, something that I have, but it's something that I am. Um, it, 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 it is part of who I am and not just something that I have, which I think is part of the issue. But then, as you were also saying that I, I find myself most fully when I give myself away most completely. So when, um, when a man and a woman come into relationship in marriage and, and, and when they come together in, in the marital union, the marital act, you, we do see the giving of one to the other and the receiving of the one from the other an image, uh, imperfect image as all create created images will be, but an image of the Trinity where father, son, and spirit are this, this eternal union of love that's reflected in a dim, but real way, um, in the husband and the wife coming together and not always, but sometimes, um, beginning a new child, a new human being. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've yeah, got, I, we've got about a minute and a half left. Let's sort of like draw this to a close again, this book and, and why it's worth reading it. Okay. You know, and, and you mentioned it a little bit, you know, this idea of our sexuality and being male and female. And I, I think when people hear church teaching, they think, oh, you categorized us into this like pigeonhole of male and female. But male is a whole spectrum of what it looks like to be male. And yeah. female is a whole spectrum of what it looks like to be female. I, mean, I grew up with, you know, eight brothers and finally a sister when I was a senior in high school. So, you know, my my identity of what it means to be female is going to look very different from somebody else who um, loves to wear pink and, you know, make sure their nails are painted before they go out or, uh, you know, not to dismiss like, yeah, not to create stereotypes, but I think there's a whole, a whole spectrum of what that means. So we're not, we're not pigeonholing into just a really limited area, but with that, with that, we bring who we are as a person to our giving of self. And, and we bring that, and if we want to completely understand who we are, if we want to completely be free to um, be our full selves, then we have to understand what is, you know, what our essential being is. And maybe that's sounding too philosophical for the calculus professor, but um, there's, it's not there's not just all these intrinsic identities that we have. Yep. There is an essentialness to who we are as a human person. And in order to fully give ourselves and fully receive from others, in order to have the freedom to fully give and to fully receive, there's a need Amen. to understand what we're giving and receiving. Amen. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.